0: If you're turning with me, I'm going to go to, I'm going to start Revelation 2. Revelation 2, 29. So today, I've got a quick message for you. And then we're going to talk about some exciting, cool things. Today, I want to talk to you about whispers. Whispers. You know, people that don't know how to whisper? Yeah, Malachi's not that good at whispering. Promise is really not good at whispering. Hey, shh, be quiet. Okay, you're not whispering. So we're gonna talk about whispers this morning. Whispers. And so, you know where in Scripture we see where Elijah was trying to hear from God, and, and you all remember the story. We talked about it just a few weeks ago about how there was a mighty wind, and God's voice wasn't in the wind, and there was an earthquake, and his voice wasn't in that, and there was a fire, and it wasn't in that, earth, wind, and fire. But then God's voice came, in a still small voice, Right? Or other translations say a whisper. And he heard a whisper. That God's voice is not this booming loud thing that takes over everything else because he wants us to get close. He said, Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Like he wants you to come close. And if somebody's whispering, if Dylan's over there whispering, I can't hear him right now unless I get close to hear him. I have no idea what he's saying. Now, if I'm right up next to him and my ear is right up against his mouth, then there can be distractions, there could be music playing, there could be all kinds of things, but they're not going to distract me from his voice because I'm just that close. It's not that you could ever silence every voice in the world. You live in the world. There's all kinds of voices and noises and people and things. And, but if you get close, if you put value on God's voice, you train your ears for what to listen, what to listen for. So, today we're talking about whispers that lead you. You're being led by something. Whispers that lead you, whispers that change you. Now, there's some whispers in your ear. Well, I've got some whispers in my mind that will try to lead me some places. I've got some whispers of insecurity that'll speak sometimes as loud or louder than God. It seems they used to speak louder than him. The whispers don't just have to be out here. We got a lot of whispers in whispers in here, and whispers will lead you somewhere. Is it somewhere you want to go? I want to talk about the whisper that calls you to the unknown. That calls you to adventure. What voice or voices are you listening to? What voices are you allowing to lead you places? There's a whole lot of voices right now. I don't know. Are you being led by news channels or... I got a. I know somebody. Never mind. (laughs) Censored. I don't know what voices you're listening to and allowing them to lead your life. I don't. Maybe it's Hannity. Maybe it's Joe Rogan podcast. Maybe it's. I don't know. Jesus said in John, my sheep hear my voice, and they will not follow the voice of a stranger. He didn't say they won't hear other voices. You'll hear all kinds of voices, and they're not all bad voices, right? It's not that these things are bad. They can be great, but Jesus said they won't follow the voice of a stranger. They won't be led by that voice. They'll hear all, like you'll hear all kinds of voices. There's no way to silence every voice that isn't God. You're going to hear voices and you can use those voices for information and whatever. But we don't follow those voices. We're not led by those voices. I heard this um, story about a Native American, like a, well, he was like the, Chief, but they don't call him Chief, whatever his title was. But he was over, he was the spokesperson, the representative for the Native Americans in the U.S. And so they were having this big conference convention in New York, and they flew him in to be a speaker. They wanted him to speak on behalf of all Native Americans in the U.S. And so they brought him into New York and he's looking around and he had several guys walking with him and, and he wasn't used to being in the city and there were cars honking and there happened to be a protest going on out on the sidewalk and there was yelling and taxis and just the noise of the city and all kinds of noises going on and one of the guys that was walking with him is the one that tells this story and he said that all of a sudden the Native American man stops and says shh and they're like what? it reminded me of the story of where Jesus was walking along in the crowd and he said who touched me and the disciples were like are you serious there's people everywhere a hundred, a hundred people touched you they said he stopped and said shh you hear that and they were all like what the horn honking the person yelling the protesters chanting the, the joke that he just told the like what there's so many noises out here and he said shh listen noises. There were phones ringing and all kind of stuff. So, he said, I hear a grasshopper. And they're like, a grasshopper? We're in New York City. How in the world could you hear, He Turned, looked. He crossed the street and picked up a cup and there was a grasshopper under the cup. Chirping, and he freed it to hop away. And they were all like, how in the world with all that noise could you hear a grasshopper from across the street hidden under a cup chirping because it's trapped? How? He said, I'll show you how. And he reached in his pocket and he pulled out a handful of quarters. And he said, no one heard the grasshopper. Watch this. And he dropped the change on the ground, and they said at least 50 people turned and looked. And he said, the people here have trained their ears to hear money. And I've trained my ears to hear nature. So even in all the noise, I could hear it because it's such a familiar sound. And I have placed value on that sound. listen for the sound what have you trained your ears to hear what sounds have you placed value on you know a mom can hear their baby cry immediately oh why because they've placed value on that sound they know that voice they've listened for that voice have you made God's voice a priority? Revelation 2, 29. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that hath an ear. He that can hear. He, she, people. Why? Everybody can't hear. Everybody hadn't trained their self to hear that voice, to know what their father sounds like, to know what the Holy Spirit sounds like. A lot of people have never heard the voice or don't know that they've heard the voice. They haven't trained themselves, so it's so hard to hear God or to get direction on what's my next step or my next move, and, and there's so much uncertainty, and it's hard to trust, and it's hard to have faith because I don't know for sure what he sounds like. I don't know what dad's voice sounds like. Sky had a really rough practice at basketball last week. Um, And it was just bad. It was hard and some things didn't go the way he wanted. And it was rough and he got in the car and he's, if y'all know Sky, he's passionate. See him up there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's a passionate little guy. And Jesse says to him after talking to him for a few minutes, she said, okay, you, you need to call your dad. We called dad and he said, no. She said, why? He said, I already know what he's going to say. And then he did his dad voice where he imitates me. And then he told Jesse everything that I would say to him. And then they got home and I heard what happened. And I began to speak into his life and it was what he said. He already knew, Jesse was like, it was almost word for word. Even the pauses were right, <laughs> where you gave it a minute and then he talked like it. she said, it was almost exactly what you said. He said, well, because he knows the heart of the father he knows what I think. He knew what I was going to say before I even said it. Romans 10:17. So then faith we all want faith. We want we're people of faith. We want faith. We want trust. So then, faith cometh by hearing. Oh man, sometimes we got a lot of earwax in there. Our spiritual hearing's not that good. So guess what? Faith's weak because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, by the revelation, or by God's word, by hearing. That's how we have faith. That's how we move with confidence. So faith or trust comes by hearing. Faith for what? Faith is in the future. Faith for the future that God has for you. Faith for the unknown. For the adventure or the purpose that God has for you. We talk about purpose a lot. So I'm going to change that and, and start calling it adventure. God has an adventure for you, for your life. Like God has a purpose. God has an adventure. God has something that he wants for you, a dream for you. Adventure means to engage in hazardous and exciting activity especially the exploration of unknown territory. That's what God has for you. Read the stories in this book of starting with Abraham about the unknown. Okay, God, I guess I'll trust you and go to a new land. Where is it? And God said, just go to a land and I'll show you. Just go. It's the unknown in the natural, that's scary. It's real scary for some of us. See, some of you like adventure a little more than others. Some of you are a little more crazy and adventurous, and some of you really don't like adventure. Right? And so for some of you, this is a lot more scary than, than for others. But in the natural, it's, it's a scary thing. But spiritually, the unknown becomes awesome because it might be unknown to me but it's not unknown to God it's his territory he's already there and he's here with us like pushing us there but he's there pulling us it's not unknown to him he knows as much about the future as he does about now as he does about the past because he's not stuck on a timeline and it's hard for us to get that in our mind but it's his territory So if we learn to really trust Him, then it's not scary. It's exciting. It's an adventure. It's something that, yes, it's unknown. Yes, it could be hazardous. Yes, we don't know that it's all going to be smooth sailing. But we're excited about it because we trust. We have faith. But it will be hazardous. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be all smooth sailing and gummy bears and ice cream. Thank you. It'll be hazardous to a purposeless life. It'll be hazardous to your comfort zone, that's for sure. It's going to be extremely hazardous to selfishness. Trust me, whatever God... His adventure for you will not be selfish. It's always to help other people. It's always for somebody else because that's how we're truly blessed is in blessing someone else. By giving to somebody else. So it'll always be hazardous to selfishness. Now we love comfort. We just do. We're trained to think, well, what will make me comfortable? How can I be more comfortable? How can I get things that will make me more comfortable? How can I have a comfortable retirement? How, like, we like comfort. We want comfort. I wrote down a couple of good quotes about comfort. You never change your life until you step out of your comfort zone. Change begins at the end of your comfort zone. But it seems like the older we get, the less adventurous we become. And the more we seek comfort. So I want to remind you or tell you today that the flesh craves comfort. It does. And the spirit craves adventure. Your spirit craves purpose. But purpose doesn't have a parking spot. You must run after it. You must go after it. you got to take hold of it. Callings and comfort zones don't usually go hand in hand. We're required to take a step. That's faith. When God speaks, it doesn't have to make sense. And there's a blessing on the other side of that step every time. God doesn't ask you to make sense of everything. God doesn't ask you to figure everything out. I'm glad. He just asks you to take a step of obedience. And remember, we serve the God of the impossible. So will you take a risk? They did an interview with 50 people that were over 95 years old and the question they asked him was if you could go back and do life again what would you do different overwhelmingly the answer was over 80% of them said take more risk try try things I was scared to try risk it all they didn't say I'd lay in the recliner more. I'd have worked more while my kid played ball. or I'd, No, they, they said they would have taken more risks. They would have tried different things. Are you more committed to the future or the past? But I don't know what the future looks like. Heard uh president elect Joe Biden said, and I quote When asked about the pandemic, people are dying that have never died before. Really? <laughs> Deep. But I don't know what the future looks like. That's cool. Nobody does. We can take guesses and we can try to steer the ship the way we want to or whatever, but no. every time somebody dies, it's a person that's never died before. <laughs> the future, we don't know. <laughs> right? That's why hearing his voice is so important. Isaiah 30, 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. It's like, I don't know what the future is. It's okay. He said, you'll hear that small voice. You'll hear that whisper behind you. I'll tell you which way to turn. In front of you, I'll tell you which way to go, to the right or to the left. But, but think about someone following right behind me, speaking to me. Well, if I take off running and get ahead of them, I can't hear them telling me which way to turn, right? I can't hear the whisper. So I'm trying to get ahead. You must hear the whisper. How? We talked about two weeks ago. Get rid of the distractions. Well, okay, get rid of the distractions, and then what? Like, how do I hear God's voice? How do I hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit? How do I hear the direction? You read, listen, pray, and test it. Right, I stand up here and and preach things that I believe God said, and a lot of y'all confirm that and say, hey, God spoke that word to me. But then, just like James said, you hear it, now put it to the test. Did you try it in your life? Because then when you put it to the test and you realize, hey, that was God, then you become more familiar with the voice. And every time you hear the voice and obey you become more familiar with it. You react to the voice. Your reaction is obedience to God's voice. But if you don't test it, if you don't test these things that you hear, then it's like a man looking in the mirror, James said, and then he walks away from the mirror and forgets what he looks like. You got to put it to the test. Did you know the word crisp starts in the back of your mouth and ends in the front? Did any of y'all put that to the test? It gave you some knowledge. I'm betting that most of you put it to the test. As soon as I read that, I put it to the test. What? What do you mean by that, crisp? Hey, it does. It started back here, and it ended up here on my lips. You immediately put it to the test. "Why? To see if what I was telling you was true. "Put it into practice," Paul said. So today, we were going to go somewhere else, but I'm going to close and wrap it up right here with three, three ways that you can set or create an environment in your life, in your home, in your family, to hear God, to hear His voice. Two weeks ago, we talked about three distractions that we can get rid of that could keep us from hearing the voice. And so today, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to close our time together with three ways that... We can hear his voice, that we can create an environment. And so I'm going to read you this story in 1 Samuel 3, starting in verse 1. And Eli was the old priest back then in the temple, and, and Samuel was this young boy, and he was donated. He he was donated to the church. If you don't know the story, uh, his mama wanted a son really bad, and she begged and cried for God to give her a son and said, if you'll give me a son, then I'll dedicate him to you and to serve you and to be in ministry all the days of his life. And so God gave her a son, and as soon as he was old enough to, to wean, she took him and gave him to the priest, gave him to God. And he turned out to be this awesome, powerful prophet prophet. He heard God and spoke God's word to the people. Got two books in the Bible written after him, first and second Samuel. But this was when Samuel was a little boy and it was before he knew how to hear God's voice. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place he went to bed and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. Eli was going blind. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered here am I and he ran to Eli and he said here am I for thou callest me and he said I called not lie down again and he went and he laid down and the Lord called yet again Samuel and Samuel arose and he went to Eli and he said here am I for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Go lay down. Picture this old Eli. He's going blind. He's an older man. He's, he's trying to get some sleep. And this kid, Samuel, that they dropped off at the church for me to raise, keeps on running in here, waking me up. You called me? No, I'm trying to sleep. Go lay down. I didn't call you. He comes back in. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. He didn't know what God sounded like. So he kept running to his spiritual father. We talked about that last week when we were talking about parents and stuff that that you are how your kids will see God and hopefully you give them a good picture. They don't have to relearn what their heavenly father is like. God's voice, he heard God's voice and it sounded like a spiritual father to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here am I, for thou dost call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. The third time Eli's like, Oh, God must be calling him. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lay down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place, and the Lord came and stood. And called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And from that moment on, God began to speak to Samuel. Number one, God speaks through the word. We just read that he was by the lamp. They never let the lamp go out. And where he was asleep was there by the lamp. In the, old te- in the Old Testament, the lamp signifies the word of God. Psalm 119 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I won't trip and fall if I hear your word. If your word is there so God speaks through the word. You ever been around a an old timer that's just got a lot of word in them and a lot of stories? And we meet Steve every every once in a while, a couple weeks or once a month, or probably about once a month. We meet at Highland and we sit and talk and we pray about things and stuff. But one day when I was sitting with Steve he was just delighted about a Bible verse he had read that he's read a hundred times in the past and God spoke something new to him or something that he had never thought about or realized. He said, every time I read it, it says something different. God's Word. Psalm 119, 147 says, I have put my hope In your word. So God speaks through the word. Number two. God speaks as we cultivate his presence. The ark represented the presence of God. And in the New Testament. Worship does. He was there with the lamp and the ark. That represented the word. And God's presence. In the New Testament. Worship does so. You need to hear God. Word. Word and worship. That's the environment we try to set on Sunday mornings. The presence and the word. Word, worship, the lamp and the ark. Remember in John 4 Jesus said, God is seeking those who will worship in spirit and in truth. In Acts 2:10 they were all gathered, you know, waiting after Jesus died on the cross and he told them to wait. Like, here's your great call. Here's your dream. Here's the great commission. I want you to go and spread this gospel to the whole entire world. But wait until the power comes. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you're going to need to hear this whisper. You're going to need to hear this voice to do what I've just called you to do. You're going to need the power. You can't do it on your own. So the cross was passed and forgiveness of sins was over. But Jesus said to the disciples... He pretty much said, the cross isn't enough. Wait on the power. cross covered your sins. Now wait on the power and the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so there in Acts 10, they were having a 10-day prayer meeting. And they got the power. Did you know that you were born to worship? Worship is in you. You worship all kinds of things, whether you realize it or not, from sports teams to TV shows to. Because it's in us to worship. Don't think because you can't sing, you don't have a beautiful voice that worship. I've heard what's making me say that is I heard someone say that worship is not my gifting. And I think that's just very misled. It may be leading worship on a stage with a mic in your hand is not your gifting because that you have different gifts and talents, but we're all supposed to worship. We're all created to worship. Worship is not only what happens in here standing on a stage. We're supposed to live lives of worship, and if we want to hear his voice, then worship is how we create an atmosphere to hear. We all worship. You are called to worship. All right, number three. Last one. God speaks as we get planted in the church. And I know a lot of people that are just pot plants. All right, you're just a plant in a pot because you need to be ready to move at any time. You need to pick up and go. You're afraid to put down roots. Why? Because it's hard. Sometimes relationships hard. Sometimes people make you mad. Sometimes it, and so the problem is if I plant an oak tree in a pot, it'll only get so big. It'll never be big enough for me to build a treehouse in or hang a swing on or it can't. It'll be blown over by every storm and wind that comes through because it never put down roots. Just not that big. I can tell you how much the environment, the environment that you create in your world, the environment that you create in your home is huge. It's huge. The environment that you create when you get in your truck and drive to work for an hour. You choose the environment that you'll create. And it's huge. It makes such a big difference and some people wonder why they don't have influence or why they're not walking in their purpose or or why they're not powerful in the spirit or in the kingdom why they can't pray powerful prayers and your environment matters. More than you know. Did you know you can take a great white shark and put it in a fish tank and it will not grow over eight inches long. You can take that same baby shark, throw it in the ocean and give it a few years and it'll eat you. That thing will get over 10 feet long if you give it enough time. What's the difference? The environment. Otherwise, in a fish tank, it's not powerful. It's not even scary. Eight inches, full grown. It matters. We're told in the scripture to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. As we, as we get planted In the church, that's how we change the world. That's how we advance the kingdom. It gives us an outlet to serve. As as Christians, we're all called to serve. If we want to be Christ like, we must serve. We must give of our time, our talents, our treasures of, of who we are. That's how God set it up. We're all relational beings. So we're called to get planted. We're called to find where we fit because His Word is going out regularly because we have opportunities to serve. We have opportunities to give and and to be a part of things bigger than ourselves. Of ministries that touch people that we could never touch on our own. And then the benefits that come from being planted I could have taken this whole entire service and just stood here naming off benefits in my life. Because once you realize that the the kingdom of God is relational, the economy of God is entirely relational. And I can sit here and name just, just blessings and benefits in my life from being planted in a house being planted in the body and I'm not saying new any I don't care you find where you're supposed to be My best friends came from church my wife my ministry my connections to other ministries and purpose and outlets to give and serve and grow that are unbelievable to train up my kids It would be a whole lot harder to train them three boys up if I didn't have the church helping me just being real honest from kid space and youth and, and coming in here and hearing the word of God. It makes my job as a parent a whole lot easier to be connected to a church and they're not just hearing it from me. See, like... You know, Titus is getting to the age where he's smarter than me, so he needs to hear it from other people. He hasn't said that, but, you know, he probably is. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. All right, but it'd be a lot harder to be a good parent if I wasn't planted or connected to a community, to a body, to people that can help. how do we hear God's voice? God speaks through His Word. God speaks as we cultivate His presence. We worship. We create an atmosphere for Him to speak. And God speaks as we get planted or committed. The Holy Spirit's voice always brings unity. Remember that. If you're confused on whether is this God's voice, is this not God's voice, there's a few ways that you can judge it. and We can look throughout Scripture. Holy Spirit's voice brings unity, not division. Holy Spirit's voice brings life, not death. So if you're confused on a voice that you're hearing, judge it. Put it to the test. Is this calling out life or is it death? because if it's calling for death it's a Pharisee with a rock in their hand if it's life it's Jesus calling to a higher level so put it to the test is it unity or division does it bring life or death when you follow the whisper or the voice it's not always comfortable and guess what Growth isn't always comfortable either. We want to grow. We want to produce fruit. It's not comfortable. You know how you get strong? A lot of discomfort. With some weights or in a gym. Or that, that's, the only, that's the only way you get strong. I thought I saw this picture this picture that somebody made, and it was of a guy that was pretty overweight. And then it was, it was a before and after picture, and it was the after picture of the guy who was like in great shape. Like, didn't even look like the same body. And then it said, I uh, want to know how I did this. It wasn't a pill. It wasn't a diet. It wasn't a workout. It listed all these things. It was a Photoshop class, right? It's (laughs) like we we would like a magic purpose, powerful in the kingdom, right? But it takes work, takes steps, and it's not always comfortable. Growth isn't always comfortable, but it's necessary to produce fruit. It's necessary to be big and powerful. Growth, you need to be in the right environment. So, God is speaking. Get yourself in the right environment to hear. And if your purpose is to grow bananas and you live in Alaska, then you're going to be frustrated and unsatisfied, unfulfilled and unfruitful. Why? You're in the wrong environment. Think about that. If you're unsuccessful and unfruitful and unfulfilled and like just ah, like I'm not I'm not producing fruit. Are you in the wrong environment? You know, like these Indy cars, they're they're very expensive cars. They have one seat. They don't have AC or heat. But they can go over 200 miles an hour. On a racetrack. Now, we have this nice Dodge Journey outside that has seven seats. And it has heat and air. And it's comfortable. But if I take it on the IndyCar racetrack, it's going to be a failure. It's going to come in dead last. It'll have no confidence. That's not what it was created for. And if the Indy Car decides to retire and run the kids to school, it's going to not be good. It'll be horrible because there's only one seat. And it doesn't have AC. What I'm trying to say is you don't need a rocket to go to Walmart. If you're called to go to Walmart, you need my pickup truck. But if you're called to go to the moon, you need a rocket. If you're called to produce bananas, you don't need to live in Alaska. The environment matters. We cultivate an environment to hear His voice. We listen and obey and grow. It's leading you to more life, not death. The adventure that God has called you to It won't be safe. It won't be comfortable. But it will inject life into your soul. It will fulfill the purpose. Don't think about all the bad. Remember Joseph... Joseph had this big dream about his brothers and that they would bow down to him and and they freaked out and got jealous and beat him up and threw him in a pit and then sold him into slavery and then Potiphar's wife accused him of rape and got him thrown into jail and and all this stuff happened to Joseph and we see him keep being faithful in the middle and even though he couldn't see how the dream would ever come to pass and while he was in jail there was a butler and a baker and they both had dreams, and he interpreted their dreams. And when they got out, they went back to Pharaoh. And they remembered Joseph, and they were the reason that he got out. And um, I heard Jensen Franklin say that, that every dreamer needs two people in their lives, a butler and a baker. Butler and a baker for the dreamers. The butler is somebody that opens doors that you can't open. They give you access to things you don't have access to. They can invite you in to see the king. They can invite you into rooms. They, can, they open doors for you that you cannot open on your own or you're not invited to or welcome to. And the baker is someone that can take all kinds of ingredients, flour and eggs and sugar and all these things and put it together and make a beautiful cake where any of those things on their own wouldn't be too good to drink a swig of oil and suck down a raw egg but if you have a baker some wisdom telling you hey here's how you can mix these things up here hey put this in there I know that doesn't taste too good but throw it in here when it's done cooking it's going to be good God can work all things together for good if I'm your pastor I'm probably a baker in your life at least a baker kind of can help you make sense of things or stand up here and say things and tell you what God might be doing or all that stuff but I love at the end when everything's coming coming true and Joseph was now the second in command in Egypt and Joseph obviously didn't look like himself because when his brothers come they didn't even recognize him and he was second in command so he would have had the the shaved head and because of where they lived, he probably had a nice suntan going on and he would have been wearing the makeup that all the Egyptian leaders wear and probably the big headdress and stuff. So his brothers come in and they didn't even notice and they're, they're bowing to him and groveling and saying, hey, we're from another land. There's a famine. We heard that y'all have food. We just need corn. We need food to, to feed our family. And in Genesis 42, 9, it says... The brothers didn't know him. And in verse 9 it says, And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them. He didn't remember the abuse. <laughs> when he looked at them in that moment, he didn't remember the pain. He didn't grovel and say, See, I told you one day y'all would bow down. He, when he looked at them, he remembered the dream that God placed in his heart years ago and that feeling he knew he had been faithful and he was still humble and he remembered the dream he didn't remember the pain he didn't remember the false accusations and the hurt you choose what you remember you get to choose there's all kind of things that you can remember in any given situation. But when God, when God brings a dream to pass, you choose what you will remember. You choose what you'll focus on. He could have remembered the hurt and the pain and he probably jumped on them. Called his soldiers in there to whip him, while they laughed. I mean really but he remembered the dream let's pray god thank you god thanks for speaking to us thank you for for giving us visions and dreams and purpose or adventure that you've called us to god help us to hear your voice help us to make space create an environment so that we can hear you. God, give us faith and hope for the future. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.